Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I've been thinking about it for weeks. Okay. Under the trench coat. With rolling in the geek. Not for the audience. They haven't heard it yet. I'm, I'm fucking starting. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Under the Trenchcoat, the after break bonus episode for The Riven Tales. I am Ken Brown, writer of some of The Riven Tales. I'm Brad. Hi. I fucking hate you. I'm Nick. Uh, hate's a strong <laughs> word. I strongly dislike you. Um, I edited them. And posted them. <laughs> this is you just wrote, you wrote and you wrote, directed, and starred in your own. That's true. This is just a, another under the trench coat, just for Riven Tales instead of something else. I can't break my normal spiel. Come on. Uh, I accidentally, you all may be aware, um, uploaded just the title of one of them while I was editing them. So, <laughs> kudos to that Easter egg in the <sighs> universe. I don't think it was up too terribly long before I it was wiped it out of existence. It wasn't, but I feel like people probably would have got it. Well, I don't know. I don't know how long it takes for a transistor to ship it out to like Google and Apple and all the ear oh, stations. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like somebody could have got a notification. It's like blah blah blah. Episode is up, and then they would have went and looked and be like, "No, the fuck, it is not." Also, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know. I I killed the social media side of it pretty quick <laughs> I didn't know how quick that stuff happened uh, so I didn't even think to say anything I was just like nope no one has to know everyone knew <laughs> everyone knew <laughs> the internet shouted it for the well, rooftops said, there's our new ribbon tail <sighs> then some, some person in New York is like what why? That would have been. Uh, Why are you shouting for the family rooftops? dinner? I think is the one I goofed. I think it might have been Trevor's. I'm pretty sure it was family dinner. Nah, I'm pretty sure it was family dinner. Breakfast, but you know, you know what? What that is one. dinner but breakfast for night folk? <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's, I can't disagree with it. I don't like it, but I, I can't disagree with it. Okay, we're here for a purpose. I. Yeah, we are here for a purpose. Uh, but what? Where do we want to start? First of all, we should let the audience know that if you do listen to this and you enjoy oh. it, you can uh, get them weekly on our Patreon. 
We uh, yeah, the, this is something that we do at the end of uh, end of every episode that we kind of talk back through all the events of the episode. Uh, if there's any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns about the events therein, uh, and occasionally Brad and Nick. Uh, m- more so occasionally Brad, but uh, fairly often Nick throws some uh, crackpot corner stuff out there of like crazy conspiracy theories for what's going on in Riven, which, uh, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. Also, in that same vein, uh, there's lots of uh, domino talk. There's. Um, if like a story arc gets closed off or something can uh, sometimes even when it's not closed off, like if it's a fight or a mechanic that's like homebrewed, Ken will give us a peek behind the DM screen at how he put shit together, uh, which Brad and I find extremely interesting. We assume um, heavy tabletop players also would, especially aspiring or current uh, GMs. So all that and more. It's always fun to get somebody else's perspective. Yeah. You know, on, on how they would approach something. Like, um, and, and compare and contrast. Like Ed with, uh, with the the skill uh, tests. Yeah. Like, he, he really liked yeah. that stuff. Um, and I mean, we do too. Like, those those are super awesome, but he, he grilled you hardcore on, on how those work. <laughs> over, over, over several days worth of messages. Yes. I... Uh, Okay, so now that we've now we, that we've got that shameless plugs, <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. Uh, where do we where do we want to start? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we can start wherever. I, so our upload order was Puffles, Breakfast, Jorick, Brad. Hey, do we want to talk about any <laughs> of the previous ones? I mean, we could. Oh God, I didn't even. That never even crossed my mind before, and now I'm suddenly worried. <laughs> <laughs> I we can we can we can start with uh, just the ones that we've uploaded here recently. I uh, so I, I peek behind uh, peek behind the screen here that uh, Puffles and uh, what we've been lovingly referring to as Glassy, uh, the the Glen Cassie story. Uh, those have been on uh, my personal back burner for quite a while. Uh, it, I, I went into a frenzy and wrote a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I think at the same time I wrote uh, the Alcanor story uh, that came out quite a while ago. Uh, I think it might have been shortly after I did Selena. Like after I wrote it, it was shortly thereafter. Like there was there was a handful of them that I I wrote up in very short order. Uh and and the Puffles one and the and and Glassy just kind of sat because they're that they were getting less relevant to the story at the time. And then we got another taste of Puffles and kind of brought him back towards uh towards our attention and so i i went back and kind of did some more thinking and, and a couple of edits on it just to to refine it down a little bit and then we we started talking about doing this break and uh it was like oh hey well this is an option because i i personally love absolutely love writing these uh it's great for not just for you know extra content but it's it's great for me to really put more life and uh you know 
uh, a backstory into the characters that I introduce. Hi, Hi Craig. Sorry. Uh, rather than them just being somebody that you meet and then they're gone, that they have had a life before you were there or after, depending on, on what the situation is. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think that it adds a lot of depth and hopefully the extra content, the extra world building and kind of that extra flavor into the world is is appreciated. Uh, you know, so uh, Puffles. Well, well oh, I, was, I was just going to make a quick comment before we jump into like a direct talk about any of them. Um, since this isn't under the trench coat and in under the trench coat fashion, we usually have like secret secret stuff that we just kind of openly talk about with the uh, Patreon audience. Um, but this one is going to everyone. So why break tradition? Um, they're not terribly secret. Don't freak out. But maybe they are. Check it out. Anyway, what I'm trying to get to is uh, Ken brought up to Brad and I uh, what what next because like he said he's had puffles and glassy on the burner for a while and then when we were going to take our may break i was like so we got four fridays to fill um can you want to write two more and then brad was like well i could write trevor's and then he instantly regretted that um i don't think i said i could i think i said i should and then i was like yeah but i don't know and then it took me like a week to put the thing together but i lit a fire under ken's ass a little bit to be like find something else to write and he was like i think i'll write jorks and so then he, he eventually wrote jorks um but he's now used all of his uh pre-made stories and he, he banged out jork in uh a quick amount of time and he asked brad and i what ones we would like next since this is going to everyone feel free to add us on twitter or comment when this episode gets posted um if there's someone that you want to hear one from the ones that ken has already mentioned is uh well at the time that this comes out yeah no you've met all the people that he's talked about um so he mentioned uh kirby and oh what's her name uh, Lenara Kirby slash Lenara one. He also mentioned an Eacor one, and then he mentioned a Puffle Selena combo story. So those those are the ones he talked about. If there's someone that you like that you haven't heard something about, and you have suggestions, or if you like any of those three, feel free to let us know. Otherwise, we'll just pick it because we love all of it. Um, but it's an under the trench coat, so th- throwing shit out there. Anyway. Um, that took a lot longer to get out than I wanted it to. Jumping over to <laughs> Puffles. Uh, my, my quick backtrack on that is, hell yeah. If somebody wants wants to hear something more about a particular character or you're really interested in X, X event that happened in the past or you wanted, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't have to be specifically about a character. I'm, I'm OK with creating something built around an event in Riven's history. I mean, I can do as much as I can without spoiling things that, uh, you know, might still be some of the dark secrets of, of Riven. Uh, but hell yeah, I'd absolutely love to take a suggestion on that and then build something around it. I, I would, uh, I might cry a little. Yeah. Well, <laughs> out of excitement. Well, that that uh that Riven Rewind that we did, that's stuff that Ken did in uh, our Saturday game campaigns when Ken was the DM. That would just um 
in in Ondine, he didn't necessarily. There were some that he did have us play through, but there were some where he would just take like ten to fifteen minutes, and he'd be like, "I kind of want to give you guys like this little flash. Like your characters won't get it, but I want you guys to have it as you're getting to like this part of the story." So he'd tell us that. So it, I, I never even would have thought to tell people, be like, "Yeah, talk about an event." It does not have to be a person. If there's like something that we've mentioned that you want to hear more of, you can always. Uh, suggest it and then Ken will either be like sure or he'll be like wait and, and then you'll know <laughs> wait 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 you know like 10 more episodes and then we'll get to that one uh, but so let's let's drill down on uh, on Puffles uh, Puffles I thought was a really interesting one because he's uh, he seems somewhat flat on the surface uh, as a character that he he can come off as a, a little more flat because he's it, he, he's uh, a little reserved and he isn't uh, he, he isn't over the top or exuberant or anything like that but I, I feel like he has a lot more depth of thought mm-hmm. uh, you know he's, he's a wizard he's obviously done a lot of study and a lot of research and, and a lot of work to get to you know the point that he was that he graduated from the Aetherport Academagi Institute uh, which was I was very concerned about saying that one out loud, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, getting some of his internal during you know these kind of events leading up to when he found out about Iron's Edge and their call for help, just you know, definitely a throwback to to the way way back uh, at this point in the in the campaign. Uh, but I really liked drilling into his his thoughts and, and how he perceives things and, and kind of getting to build out his what I already knew of his personality and getting to explore that a little bit more within his his internal monologue. And, you know, there were some comments that he made, you know, like I'm doing this stuff is like some somebody's this magical illness, but he's probably just spending too much time away from his own bed. Mm hmm. Yeah, like little things like that, that is something that he would have in his head, but he's not the type of of uh, person to say that out loud to somebody. Yeah. Or maybe he will one day. You never know. <laughs> maybe. Uh, he tells Selena. He totally tells Selena. He tells Selena everything. Yeah, I, I he, like he the, probably didn't the, at first, but he definitely does now. I, I, I'm uh, more and more. I'm liking the idea of them having like a buddy cop movie at some oh point. Oh my god! Oh, I want that. I want that. I, I also want that. That'd be great. I don't know which one is good cop and which one's bad cop, but I, I, I got to make one call out though. Is that our our private game on on uh, Saturday that that Brad DMs for us? I had a little. Uh, a little inside joke for us that was in there that the town that that Puffles mm-hmm. went to was uh, Bell something and the the first town that we got introduced to in in that our Saturday game was Bellcrest and so I, I wanted to, to play off of that make a little just a little inside joke for for us you know well, just as a game especially because Brad's campaign revolves around saying that everything is stuck together in a Here. big knot. So we we, yeah, we, we are at here. the proverbial knot of the multiverse in Brad's campaign. 
And so there's sometimes we'll walk up and be like, man, Avengers is pretty cool. And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then there's to be somebody else be like, yeah, it sucks about Chadwick Boseman, though, huh? And we're like, who the fuck are you, gnome? <laughs> that just gets my terminology. I... So, uh, any any of your guys' thoughts on on Puffles and his little mini adventure before Iron's Edge? I the only comments I really have are just basically to agree with you. Like I I I do think that Puffles in in his own has like shown growth with the the B team as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. But that definitely sh- that that shows that there is always whether whether it seems like it or not, Puffles has shit going on inside that gives him more depth that you might not know he has. So he's yeah, he's not like, like this two D character. He does have three dimensions. He's just not the type of person which I'm sure, especially no offense, nerdy geeky D and D people could totally associate with. You know, like <laughs> being these kind of yeah. intro- not that Puffles is a super introvert, but he I mean he borders on it. He's he's outgoing when he needs to be, but he, he's not forthcoming with feelings. I guess is the best way. It, uh, it, it, uh, two things. One, and you know, when you compare a Puffles to a Selena, uh, a Selena is a lot more forthright about her feelings and and uh, much more of like hard on the sleeve type character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she showed that between your guys' adventures together and uh, your your poor separation the first time. Uh, you know, she showed that on, on both sides. Uh, second. Oh, no. I lost the second. Oh, no. That's that makes me really sad. It was it was a, a, a very eloquent comment that I was going to make about the state of things. And that's fine. That's fine. I'll get there. Damn it. Nope, not coming back to me. Well, <laughs> somebody else's turn because apparently my brain isn't going to isn't going to fly with me today. Brad. What? This is when when we said we were going to do this, we agreed that you also had to have input. <laughs> that was that was the agreement that we had. Can't just be Ken and I talking about stories the whole time. I I agreed with things. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Over to the Brad corner. I agree. Oh, okay. I remember what what my comment was going to be about. I, you know, so much of his his outward personality is is so based upon what he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the the world that we've established, uh, you know, somebody like uh, Puffles or or a Harkos or whatever is is more of a rarity. And uh, I think Puffles really took that as you know like he keeps himself pretty reserved and so he his outward personality is a byproduct of that and he tries to show through his action rather than his words you know what he 
what he's capable of and and the the quality of his being rather than you know just I'm a lion person. And so, we've managed to kind of crack his shell a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, especially I feel like especially getting the uh, you know Puffles round two. Right. Uh, get the under under dark boogaloo. Uh, I, I I really. I got to play with him a little bit more when I, and it, you know, there's a lot of the characters that, you know, have been shaped and continue to be shaped as they experience more and more of the world and, and work with the two of you more. Uh, Phil being a prime example. Uh, uh, and, and so I got to kind of use some of the thoughts that I had on, on Puffle specifically uh, in in part two there, uh, which was enjoyable to actually get that to that chance to explore him a little bit more. Uh, should we move on to family breakfast? Yeah. Hey, uh, family breakfast came along to me more as a, uh, I guess more or less specifically for Nick to have. Yeah, because what happened was um, there was a point where Ken did the first one. The first, I mean, Selena was the first one we ever did. Um, and so he asked about other stuff. And then Brad was like, round out the B team. And I, a quarter jokingly, was like, Cassie, I want one about Cassie. <laughs> and then Ken was like, I kind of think I could have an idea for that. And I was like, oh, fuck, really? And then we met Glenn in game and then Ken told us the thing and he wrote it and it sat in the drive forever. And I no longer wanted one about Cassie because uh, <laughs> it, 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 it hurt me in, in hurtful ways. But it was it but was it good. Was, it, you got to see that, you know, that interaction and it wasn't always just monsters and minds. It was, you know, that Glenn right. was a loving father and Cassie was kind of a carefree little girl. And Esma was, you know, a, a doting mother. Uh, you, you got to see, you know, before, uh, you know, Crazy Cobalt's attacked and uh, stole Glenn and things went horribly, horribly awry. Uh, it gave you that that little taste of it, and yeah, it is kind of sad because you know where where it eventually went. Even though there is a there is a sweet ending to that 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 she got her dad back. Uh, but getting to to see that uh, again for me, it was like yeah, I got to round out these characters a little bit more because you know Cassie was just kind of a a throw in, you know that. I didn't expect uh, anybody to latch on to her and be like, yep, that's my best friend right now. Okay, but let's be honest. If it was going to be anybody, it was definitely going to be Harkos. If (laughs) if anyone was going to be like, I associate with the small bubbly child, it was going to be the giant, timid bird man. Yeah. I can't disagree with that because that's that's exactly. I mean, that's that's some um, freaking. Uh, I mean, that's that's anime levels of of shit right there. Where you got this little girl skipping down the street, bouncing a ball, and then someone's like, "Hey, little girl, you uh, probably shouldn't be out this late." And then there's just a <gasps> of smoke as this 
giant fucking owl with a spear just poofs behind her. He's like, oh, 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 uh, just kidding. You can walk wherever you want. And then little Cassie fucking turns around. She's like, thanks, Mr. Harkos. You're my best friend. And just as he disappears again. And it's like the adventures of Cassie and, and Birdman. I feel like that needs to be a graphic novel. Editor, oh fuck, that's me. I can't draw. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of stick figures and crayon. I feel like uh, it would be fitting. <laughs> no, it would. It's, dra it's drawn from Cassie's perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's drawn from Cassie's perspective by Harkos. <laughs> Cassie, I can't help it. I, I only have four fingers. Okay, I do. I do this. This is not my fault. This this crayon is very odd. Is it a taquito? Am I saying that right? They taste terrible, by the way. <laughs> my owl pellets are very oily. Oh, I made an oil poop joke. Uh, glassy, though. Uh, <laughs> UTC fashion. Yep. Yeah, it has to be breaks. Um... And I, 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 I think especially for Glenn, because Glenn was more just the the, uh, uh, you know, the dad in distress, you know, yeah. the, the, for that. I got to round him out a little bit more, you know, and, and it makes it even sadder when you think about it, though, because he just did. You know, it wasn't his thing that him even being there wasn't really his thing. You know, he, he was probably one of those people that that got into something because he had to but it wasn't something that he was passionate about but it wasn't something that you know he was meant to do something else the, the other thing um that hurts me and this is this is nick this isn't hurts harkos because obviously harkos don't know these riven tales uh but hurts nick just because i'm i'm a moderately caring person as long as i'm not bitchy um <laughs> so to hear glenn's story to read between the lines of these Riven Tales. Think about how Gork feels. One of the last things yeah. Gork did was assign Glenn, whom she knows had oh, Gueris. Yeah, Gueris. Gork is the the and she's the the she's Davinia yeah, slash I the Taquito maker slash the barkeep. I got weird shit on the brain. Gueris is who I meant. I had a dwarf in my head while I was saying Gork, and I knew Gork sounded wrong. Um, so Gueris, one of the last things she did was assign Glenn to the new mine shaft, thinking it was going to be a great block, like so on and so forth, you know. And then to partially jump ahead into a piece of Jorick story, I mean, we we know what happened next, mm -hmm. and not just Glenn specifically, like everyone that she had over there. But she has to live with, like, she was quote-unquote fine. Like, she got out of there okay. She helped keep people safe or whatever. But she had to carry with her every day going back to work that Cassie saw her dad at the time for the last time because of a choice that she made to help the town be prosperous. And I'm not trying to, like, villainize Guerris by any means. But, like, that's, that's yeah. part of what was sad to me, too, is, like, 
you tell this story and even within the story there are these little side stories that you can you can read into because you know the characters from the main campaign like you know the stuff that's going on so you know Guerris isn't a piece of shit Guerris is a decent person so it probably sucks for her especially especially Guerris like watching Trevor and I bring Glenn out you know mm-hmm like that probably super yeah, there was, fucking sucked there was too. somebody else there was somebody else that another yeah. minor that you got to rescue too and for for her to think uh, that she just didn't she, I, me personally would beat myself up because I didn't try like I did I did it about Trevor that's why I didn't tell that's why I didn't talk to Phil Harkos's thing was Phil made it back in and obviously somehow Trevor got back in because he's in the next car so why didn't I just jump out of the train and try and help them? Why did I push through just assuming they were dead? You know, like that that f- still does not as much because Harkos is growing, but that fucks that fucks me up pretty bad. So I can I can only imagine. And that's just something like that happens in passing. So that, that that's part of the reason that like the glassy story hit so hard because it's it's definitely the the shortest of the ones we released and Oh yeah. Could, I, it was very short. You, but... you could argue that it's got the least meat in it but I don't think it's any less important just because of like exactly what it is because of the story it tells like all of this stuff it's not necessarily main campaign material because we don't have the time and you can't really tell that story to Trevor and Harkos Um, but it's definitely worth hearing yeah and and because that ended up being such a big part of that last piece of Iron's Edge Mm -hmm. that I I, that was one of the other reasons I felt that that was really important is because that that moment showed hope for these people that somebody came back from a situation that nobody should have come back from you know Mm -hmm. Uh, that it, it this would not have happened in a personal game. You would have not gotten this joyous reunion, right? Uh, yeah, it's, I I tend to run a lot darker than that in uh, in our personal stuff. No, but, you know what would yeah, have happened would've... is we would have saved him. We would have made the decision like we did to be like, you think you can do it? Be like, yeah, I'm fine. He'd fuck off, and then we'd be leaving. And you'd be like, make a perception check. And I'd roll a perception. Be like, you see Glenn laying on the ground up ahead. And I'm like, I go run to pick him up. Be like, cool, it's just his top half. Oh, God. It's like, cool. Awesome. Yep. Glad we're here. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I may have hammed that up a bit, guys. Ken's not that bad, <laughs> often. Often, I find the right <laughs> moments when it's impactful. I, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing to stress. Uh, Brad and I, d- d- sorry, sorry to to derail ever so slightly. Brad and I complain about about uh, well, complain air quotes about Ken and his darkness. He doesn't do it to be a dickhead. There is still a point behind the pain oh, that he yeah. causes. We complain because yes, it does suck in the moment, but on the grand scale of things, it's still glorious storytelling. So, j- just know that, like, Ken's not trying to hide some demented side of himself. We're not trying to say <laughs> that we picked Ken to be the DM and we're shocked that he's being a nice person. I'm sure it's straining on Ken to not do his dark storytelling, but it is still storytelling and it is still great. <laughs> and Brad is trying to force him to, when Riven is over, do a dark story. So, oh, oh yeah. hold on to your butts as... <laughs> Mr. Samuel L.J. would say. Oh, God. Uh, but it, I, I feel it, it, to, to redirect the train again, yeah. uh, I I do feel like it was really important to see that hope. And, you know, it, it it's not just all bad. It You know, this world, this world has many, many parts that are worth fighting for. It's not just, you know, we're going to make a tiny little impact, but in, you know, it's it's really nothing. But and maybe in the grand scale of of Riven, the Shattered Continent, you know, as a whole world, you rescuing a single dad. Not a single dad, but a single individual dad isn't a huge thing. But to Cassie and Esma, that was everything. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you can see that, and I was really trying to to make sure that 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 point got there is that he was an important part of that family, not just because he went to the mines and he worked, but because he was a caring, caring and loving husband, and a caring and loving father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was impactful for that family to get him back because you know they they all needed it. They all needed all three of them needed the other, 
and so you get this this family unit back. Well, and that's why uh, I carry this in, a, in like all my characters, but Harkos uh, definitely has it too. That no one's not important, and I think I get that. Uh, I mean, it's it was in me before, but I definitely get it from um, Doctor Who. There's a quote from Doctor Who where somebody, I think it's just like a side character in, in one singular episode, but they make a comment about how, why me? Well, like, I'm not important. And the Doctor, who's thousands of years old, you know, and all this stuff and has seen so many things. And he's like, huh, that's strange. This is a new thing for me. And they're like, what do you mean? And he goes, you know, I've met a lot of people. Never once have I ever met an unimportant human. And I mean, it's it's true. Like you might not see it or whatever in the moment, but everyone's important in their own story. Everyone's important to someone within their own story. So to reference another bit of media, Captain America was right. You can't trade in lives. You know, like if if you Brad, Ken and I all as characters and as, as, as DMs and stuff set up these situations that if 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 you can try, you should. Uh, we get told a lot in our Saturday games, don't forget, you can run away from stuff because I'm not afraid to kill you. And we never run. <laughs> we, we can't get our brains to want to run. Because if we can try and help, we have to. And if we die doing that, then we died doing it. But at least we tried. And that that was the that was the thing with, with making sure Glenn made it out. And that's going to be the thing going forth for Trevor and Harkos and it's it's a whole shtick. Uh, speaking of, uh, if we die doing it, then we die doing it. Uh, vigilance and virtue. I thought that was a good segue. Yep. I uh, so the the Jorik story. I so my my preface to this is that when we when we decided that we were going to take this break and we announced it and everything, we decided that Jorik was going to be the person that I that I was going to write the the third Rivet tale about. And I experienced some of the heaviest fucking writer's block of my <laughs> entire life trying to write Jork because I knew what I wanted out of it, but I couldn't get it to flow. And I just, I, I, to this day, I still don't understand why. Like, it just would not happen. If you ever watched SpongeBob where he had to write his summer essay, that, that was Ken. It, it just it drove me it drove me absolutely nuts because I love Jorik as a character. I love doing these. I love writing these. And I knew the situation and everything that I, I wanted it to happen because I wrote it as a couple to family breakfast mm-hmm. that that takes place in pretty much the same time frame as at as at least you know the the first half of it is in the same time frame as as family breakfast uh and so it's you know getting to see this event happen from a little bit before and then directly after and yeah. I, I gave a and then i i did an in in episode one of a flashback with guerus in the mine mm-hmm. uh and when it happened so you get uh, we now have a full scope of of that day to at least from a, you know a few characters point of views uh, but now looking back I think that I, it, Jorik's story Selena was the one that I was really truly proud of and Jorik's story is right right there with it 
that I'm very proud of what I was able to do with with that one, that that short story that I was able to tell for Jorik and uh, kind of the the world's impact that that moment had, because there was a lot of hints in all of those because uh, between uh, uh, between family breakfast and uh, vigilance and virtue that the Lathander had something to do with both of those stories. Mm-hmm. And we know now that Lathander has, has heavy ties to, or do we know that we know that? Yeah. Yeah. We know that we, yeah. we know that where, where we are in, in episodes that Lathander has heavy ties to Numerath. And so that, you know, this, this dream that Jorik has in, in the, the, in, in vigilance and virtue is part of that awakening that you know, not only do you have Davinia there in town, who is the herald of Numerath, you also have this Lethandarian uh, temple uh, and a paladin who follows the teachings of Lethander as well as the, the captain of the town guard. Uh, and so it, it, I, I unintentionally at first, and then once I realized that I was doing it, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah," and it went crazy. Mm. Uh, but and then it just ties even more heavy into like, is there more reason that Trevor was there than just go and protect those who can't protect themselves? It's because right, the, right. Uh, that you've you've got all of these all of these puzzle pieces that are all there, and they're they're in place. You just don't realize it because you're not looking at it from far enough back. Uh, but that I I loved the, the those ending those ending few moments where where Jorik and and the and the rest of the guard are are standing between Iron's Edge and the and the the kobolds the, yeah you know. that was that was really good i i liked how you you really showed how jorik's like super super good person too like buying out of his own pocket for the the other guards and whatnot yeah. that was that was really good yeah and that was that was an idea that i had at some point and you know my biggest disappointment though with vigilance and virtue is that i didn't get to use the other two because I created those other two guards for the purpose. I always I always knew that Iron's Edge original guard was very small, like four or five. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I had I had uh I had Jorik and I had Nigel. And those were the only like named guards that that were there. But uh Rose and Tareem that I created those during the course of of writing vigilance and virtue and i'm very disappointed that i didn't get to include them in the iron's edge arc and if there if there is any moments where you go back or you interact with those people anymore i am going to use them uh because i i will say now canonically that they did survive i uh, but it, it, easily 
either second place or tied for first place in terms of, of <laughs> my the stuff that I have written for for our ribbon tales. I, that I, I I absolutely love what I did with I it. agree with that. And I would almost say like if if we wanted to get like really hair splitty about it, you could say that Selena is the best outside of main campaign story because it happened pre-campaign. And then Jorik yeah. is the best like within the campaign sort of. It's like it, it's technically pre-campaign, but it's like day the days, reason days for the campaign. Before, yeah. So like you because I I I would I have a hard time like I I definitely agree with you Jorik and not that the other ones aren't great but Jorik just hit a different way than the other ones have so far, um, and so I definitely think it's right up there with Selena but I I can't discern between the two either because Selena's I think has more consistent action but Jorik's like even though it's so concise like. And maybe it's because I'm so close to it, like because Harkos lived that life, you know, and Harkos, I mean, Harkos has now also lived the Underdark shit. Um, but that was, that was our starting day. So I feel like maybe it just means a lot more, but that, that, uh, uh, I don't know, man, like they're, they're both brilliant. But yeah, Jorik is definitely um, right there with Selena in the Tunnel of Light. Yeah, it- because <clears throat> on his on his surface, I think Jorik could come off as a little bit, you know, two dimensional. And and just because we got to you had so many interactions with him that we I got to to broaden him out and then getting to uh, go into his his life before the attack. Mm-hmm. And that, like Brad said, you know, that his his kindness, it wasn't just. You know, he's not just the town guard. He's also a paladin. He's also a follower of Lathander. He's also, uh, you know, has a good heart and wants to take care of the people that are around him. Uh, it, it's not just all. I, I I really wanted to throw a uh, uh, <laughs> a play ribbon comment in there, but it just it, I, when I when I was thinking about it, it was just so far out of tone that I couldn't I couldn't justify it. So I yeah, left it out. But yeah, the, the, the only place it, it could have fit uh, would have been like right out of the gate. But, 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 like, <laughs> yeah. Jorik sneakily hid his play ribbon and he's like, well, I better actually make my rounds. And then it could just <laughs> snap to the serious tone the rest of the time. Because I had that thought. I was like, I wonder if he's going to slide that in there because he's been very like uh, vehement that is canon that Jorg has play ribbons <laughs> and but I, I agreed I was like man but uh, that would mean that Jorg's story has to be like kind of goofy and when you were having your writer's block and you had like that first paragraph that was just about like um, him hating the, the Night Watch but everybody's got to do it uh, even that alone like I already knew I was like this is going to be good like I didn't know to what extent but I was like Jorg's Jorg was definitely the right choice to make because uh, Melee is yeah, another one that's I, on the I table that I forgot and, to mention earlier. Yeah, but Melee is one that yeah. we talked about when you were wanting to make Jorik, and I, I think Brad and I leaned heavy into Jorik. Yeah, and I think that that was in the kind of height of my my writer's block. There, as I was like, I I don't know how I'm going to do this. I need to I need something else to break my mind out of yep. it. I hundred percent glad that I chose the way that I did. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Anyway. Uh, before your eyes. Before your eyes. Brad. Me. Uh, 
Yeah. <clears throat> Took me like a freaking week to write it because just about every paragraph in that probably got rewrote like five times. Uh, I didn't even know how to start it. Nick actually gave me the idea of writing it from his death perspective. Well, because which I think out. was a great choice. I, yeah, yeah, worked out really I good. Because I wrote, I wanted to write the the Harkos one, and the more the more I thought about it, I was like, it's just going to be kind of like a glorified, uh, more detailed version of his backstory. But I mean, it's something. And so I wrote mine, and then Ken looked at Brad. He's like, "So you're going to do one?" And Brad goes, "Fuck no." And then and I was like, and you don't have to. I go, don't feel like because I did one, you had to do one. And then I thought about it. And I was like, but you know what would be really cool is you could also do a in-depth look at Trevor's backstory, but do it as a life flashing before your eyes thing when you died. And Brad just went, mm, okay, I might do one. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we just didn't, we didn't really talk about it because Brad was like, whenever. And then we talked about the break. And then that's when I looked at Ken. I was like, so you could either write two. And then Brad's like, or I could write mine. I go, or you could write yours. I wasn't going to give you a time limit, but sure, you could do that. It's like, well, it would be nice to make it the end of the month. So you have all the time in the world. And then I, I, I was, I was a little worried uh, the, the way I wrote it out. Cause I went from like third person to first person and back and forth, but I, I wanted it to feel that way. Cause I, in in my head, you know, like he's seeing it from the third at first, and then it's like those flashbacks where all of a sudden now you are in that position again. Well, yeah, they mm-hmm. and they did that in um, in Wandavision when when they went through her memories, like she was watching it, and then all of a sudden she was yeah that version yeah, of herself too. Is. I mean, that's kind of a staple with flashbacks, almost not not all of them, but I think it worked great. I, I love I loved every bit of it. Um, oh yeah, it was it, and we we haven't ever gone into a lot of detail about Trevor's family, other than you know what's been kind of released during right. during well, the episodes. And initially, when when Ken and I talked about my family, I kind of wrote them off as douchebags. Like I was like, ah, yeah, they're probably snooty and blah blah blah. And then I got to to writing, and I'm like, nope, nope, they're not. They're different, but, but they're not. They're not anymore. They're not. They're not snooty. Well, I feel like that's because you also had your feet into Trevor's shoes now, because right. like you, we, we all. Well, I can't say we all. I don't know how everyone makes their characters. Our circle, when we make characters, like we have this idea in our head out of the gate. But as you play that character, and as you like fall into the role of that character, and we all become our characters you start to see things differently because you think you're like, well, no, I don't think that is how this would have been because X, Y, Z. Um, right. Just like I, I didn't always have the sanctuary as assholes. I knew that they weren't like necessarily going to be nice. Like I was just going to have them almost be apologies for any offense, but like the media's stereotypical Catholic stuff from like the nineties, like Catholic orphanages. I always had like the super mean nuns, which obviously uh-huh. is not how things are. That's just how it's portrayed in media. But that was the kind of the idea I had in my head. And I stuck with that a little bit, but I like, I strayed from it. And then I was just like, but you know what? I don't think it's going to be that they're that way to everyone. I think because of how Riven is, it's going to be because he's an animal person. Like it's going to be because he's different, 
and mm. and Riven has a thing about difference because of its past. But I uh, getting that that deep dive look and and getting the uh, the little hints of of you know that Trevor saw things that he didn't really remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hinted towards who and what his family really was that that were sprinkled in there. Uh, I thought that that was those were were great little touches uh, that that you got to add in there because you had that knowledge and and were able to make that decision is like, you know what? Trevor has seen this, but he doesn't remember that, you know, that this was it didn't know that this was important or didn't have like a memory of this because it wasn't a significant thing. Uh Uh-huh. Sometimes it wasn't it. Yeah, it wasn't significant enough to remember it from a child and whatnot. The I think the big significant one was the disappointing his dad. Mm hmm. Because that threw it all off into a that that'd be the the major breaking point through the whole thing. I openly wept when I read it, so <laughs> and, and Jennifer Jennifer made fun of me. So I was like, "You want to you want to hear Brad's Ribbon Tale?" And she's like, "Yeah, is it is as dark as yours?" And I said, "Probably not, from what I've already read." And and she goes, "All right, she'll be fine." And then I read it, and I actually I have it pulled up because I got to the end. Um, and obviously I knew what was coming because I knew what Brad and I had talked about, but I didn't know how he was going to do it. So I was just reading it out loud and I was like, and now the train again. This is so beautiful. Perhaps I should put the past behind me and go speak to father again. It's been years, but I had, I need to introduce my parents to Harkos, my best friend. And then I started choking (laughs) because it goes, my best friend, my brother. And I didn't even see what happened because I looked up at Jen and she was staring at me. She's like, what's wrong? And I just held up a finger. I was like, you're going to need to give me a moment, please. <laughs> um, and then finally, I, I half composed myself, got through the, my brother, look at you, you glorious owl, you wait, why do you look worried? Then I started crying more. And then I was like, it's dark again, but why? Oh, no, I remember now the train. And Jennifer was like what is wrong like you this already happened I was like but I never saw it from that <laughs> side before uh, even now like I'm I'm staring at these words and my, my eyes are watering um god that that fucking part of the campaign man and then bringing you back yeah. where we just cried at each other for 20 minutes <laughs> I figured oh. if he if he was reliving it you know like to not remembering because it's been a, a trip through there, you know. And who knows if you know when you die or not. So, well, and how um, how Trevor of Trevor to just like almost instantly just go through the stages of grief in a moment, just like oh, I remember <laughs> the train, I slipped, but it can't. Numerath, are you here to lead me on? Done. Like fuck off. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> Fucking feel bad almost, with the rest of us, damn it. I almost uh, went to the dark part and then was like, the, and then kind of went through the, the spot where, you know, Ken had me rolling to see if I hear you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that could be good, but I don't, 
that might be a little much because if he's already realizing what's going on. Yeah. <sighs> so I, no, just kinda... I think that where I think that the the frame that you put around. Uh, around that whole thing was I pretty much as perfect yeah. as you could have possibly made it. I, I think that if you had tried to add something onto the end of you coming back, that, that's not. I don't think that it would have fit within that frame. Yeah, I don't because be, I mean, and and you guys experienced that both together, got to experience that those moments. Uh, you know, you uh, Parko's calling out to you, and and you deciding to come back. You know that 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 whole thing got experienced within the, right. the within the world. Uh, but that moment didn't. Your your accepting of what's happened and the uh you know you, you getting to see these bits and pieces from your life as as all these puzzle pieces all come together at one time uh that you didn't get to you didn't get to uh play in that sandbox mm-hmm. in game and and so again i think that you could not have framed that better and that one took that again each like paragraph in that probably got rewrote five times or more i'd sit down and write one out and i'm like yeah i like that and then i'd go back and read it and go i don't like that anymore <laughs> so not going and back through it again you guys should hear me fucking going to town when i get on a roll with with one of these and start writing this is it, i just go bonkers me too man when, when i wrote harkos jen was like nick we need to go to the store and i was like but i have i have to get this down and she goes i do you want me to just go without you and i was like no i want to spend time with you and we went back and forth for a bit but she she eventually just started doing stuff in the house and then she'd come back out and she's like are you still typing right now i i don't <laughs> think there's been a break and i go there hasn't as i like just continue because it does it just it like when you when you hit that stride man it just it kind of falls out and if if you break it you're ne- you're fucking never gonna get it back like you're never gonna find that same spot you're gonna write something and it's gonna be good but it's not gonna be what you had before so that was that was how i did trevor's backstory initially mm-hmm. like when we started the campaign i just had it like one thought and i rolled and it just went bleh. <laughs> and then but doing this part like i'd get a thought and i'd write my little bit out and then i'd go blank again well and i i feel like that um not that you're uh like a bad DM or anything, but this it, this borders on like world building, which you don't like planning out. And this was kind of like no. planning <laughs> stuff out in a way. Yeah. So it was probably like your brain was just like, but I don't want to just make Nick and King say stuff and then agree that it's canon. <laughs> uh, That's fair. That's fair. Trevor's a big poo poo head, and it's canon. And it's canon. I, I'm in this dark place, and I, I smell shit, and it, I look in the. The reflective pool inside my childhood fountain, and oh my gosh, I'm a big poo poo head. <laughs> Why is there a Snickers bar floating <laughs> in the, floating in, in my family fountain? It's, it's an odd, odd thing for there to be. Why do anyway, I, but why do I know what a Snickers bar is? It was, it was, de- it was good. It was very good. Um, much better than now, for as than much mine, as you as sure. much as you kick so. yourself for this shit that came that was beautiful <laughs> it's better than mine 
This is uh, get out. Uh, I mean, it was. I'm gonna strike both of you. Mine, mine only exists to hurt people. <laughs> wow. That's uh, not true. Anyway, uh, we're we're kind of uh, we're brushing up on our time limit here. So, uh, any final questions, comments, or concerns? I don't think I got anything. Uh, nope. Only uh, comment is. Uh, I mean, this has been a taste of under the trench coat, which we gave you last October too. Um, we gave you. We put all the ones that came with the episodes out for free to give people a little taste. Um, but yeah, like we said at the beginning, we do this after every episode, uh, after every um, Riven and superhero episode. We have an under the trench coat where we talk about the episode that just happened. Uh, it gets released on Patreon the same time the episode does, uh, which is technically early. Um, that stuff comes out early on Patreon, as long yep, as Nick's you. on his game uh, for <laughs> editing, which I am currently. So, um, and they run about this length. That so, some of them are a little shorter. Sometimes we don't have much to talk about, like uh, RP heavy episodes or something like that. Sometimes they'll be like 20, 25 minutes, but they're usually like 30, 45 or a fucking hour like it is now, um, <laughs> which is whatever. It's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, and if, and if you if you become a patron, you get a whole bunch of stuff like Nick said, uh, early episode releases uh, under the trench coat, which is us talking about the episode. And then we have a, a pre-show. It's just us bullshitting as we warm up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, we'll talk about things we're doing, what games it's, we're playing or things like that. It's just it's more, fun. It's more of a podcasty feel is kind of what it is. Like like yeah. stereotypical podcasts yeah. where it's just us three guys yeah. talking. Again, about the same time frame, roughly 30, 45, an hour long. Um, we try to make it 30 minutes. It hardly ever hits that point. Um, it, it usually strays much longer but yeah feel free to check it out or don't it's your life live it but alright well let's go ahead and close up the trench coat and then I'm Ken I'm Brad I'm Nick we'll talk to you next time bye bye, bye. oh I'm sorry <gasps> I'm new here I'm new here bye <laughs> love you Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.